Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You are not very laddie. No. Well, that's why we love you. Good. Would you describe yourself as laddie? No. No. All right, son. All right. All right. Leave it at. Hello and welcome to the In For A Penny podcast, hosted by me, Josh Gersler, a chartered financial planner and owner of The Orchard Practice, and co-hosted by Mark Schoffman, a personal finance journalist. We're here to simplify all things personal finance and money related, in the hope that you will be able to learn one small thing each episode, which helps improve your life and have some fun while you listen to us. Hit the subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. Quick update for you, because I know it's been a while. Um, We had a lovely half-term trip to Cyprus. We went with two other families and uh, everyone had a good time, got on with each other. Food was so-so, not great for those of us who don't always eat meat. It wasn't a great fish option, but a nice place and we all had a good time. Um, I recently turned the big 4-0, big 40. Still feel 21, it's strange. Um, Sometimes notice it on the football pitch that I'm not as young as I used to be everyone sort of says to me do you feel different I I feel like I should start acting a bit mature now now that I'm a an adult but um it hasn't quite happened yet we'll see what happens this episode is about what did we talk about we spoke about the increases in the interest rates and whether now is a good time to invest to save sorry If you're listening to this and you've not yet left us a review, please do so. It lets us know you're enjoying what you hear and gives us the motivation to carry on putting content out there for you. So, in for a penny listeners, I give you the latest episode. It's now a good time to save. Hello, Josh. I'm not sure if you're waiting for me to start. We've not done one of these in so long. You say that every time. It's been a while, Mark. It has. Although it depends how the listeners are accessing this podcast because if someone is just listening to this one after one they've previously to, I don't know what gaps people are leaving. It's been like five seconds, yeah, but for, for recording for you and I, it's been a while. Where have yeah. you been? Um, busy working. Yeah, that's good. Um, I heard you've been lots of on lots of cruises. Since our last, we did a cruise in April. It's now May. No, it's not. It's June. Gosh, gosh, where does the time go? <laughs> um, yeah, I've been planning a lads trip to Lanzarote. We a, what trip? About a, l- a lunch trip? Uh, no, l- lads. Oh, lads. lads. Um, I thought it's a long way to go just for lunch. Yeah, it's a long way. We, you will get lunch. Um, la- yeah, uh, did you see, so t- shall we put some context? We're talking today um, as the Bank of England has increased interest rates for the 13th month in a row just to give you the time frame of where we are, because things seem to change on a daily basis. But I, before I go into that, I want to talk about um, Rishi Sunak. Okay. Who is currently the Prime Minister, but who knows? When you're next person, he may not be. And um, today he gave a speech, well, it depends when you're listening, but on this day that we're recording, he gave a speech. Where he yeah, I don't think you need to keep clarifying that, if we get the idea. <laughs> today, yeah. He was talking about inflation, which is currently stuck at 8.7% or something like that the rate of inflation, so our bills are still going up and the rate of growth hasn't slowed, despite one of Rishi Sunak's, one of Rishi's key pledges was to halve inflation by the end of the year. He's going to struggle with that, but he was trying to explain to the press about 
and how difficult it is. But he was trying to sound like a man of the people. So as soon as he's like, oh, well, you guys know it's tricky out there. Uh, um, you know, using kind of colloquial language like you know and guys and trying to be friendly when he's clearly struggling. Right. And that's what I'm struggling with as well, trying to arrange when I talk about the lads trip to Lanzarote because I'm in no way laddie. No, you, you are not very laddie. No. Well, that's why we love you. Good. Would you describe yourself as laddie? No. No. So this is going to be the least laddie Lanzarote trip anyone right. has ever been. All right. All right. All right. Get the loose out. Um, but we're not going to talk about that today. What are we talking about today, Mark? I thought because interest rates have been rising, it could be an interesting time to talk about savings. Because while rising interest rates are bad for borrowers, because the cost of things like mortgages and credit cards goes up, technically, it should be good for savers, as banks traditionally would be expected to pass on interest rate rises onto their savings products, you would think. You would think. Has that been happening? Has that been happening? It has been happening a little bit, but not to the same extent that banks have been um, increasing their mortgage rates. So uh, we, I did some research for the iPaper, I think, at the end of last week. And we, so is that an optician publication? The iPaper, the iNewspaper is a respected daily newspaper. I'll tell you what, they wasted on you, these jokes. Yeah, they are. <laughs> um, and we th- so interest rates have been going up since December 2021. And... Um, can you have a guess of what the best easy access savings rate was back in 2021? December 21, before the rates increased? Yeah. I'll have a guess. The best easy access at that time, 1.1%. I think it was less than that. It was in some, it was under a percent. It was 0.1 or in some cases 0.05. Okay, just a guess. You asked me for a guess. Well, get it right. <laughs> um, so, and now um, it's the yeah, best easy access rate, I think is about around 4%. So that's, uh, what, 0.3 percentage point rise? Something like that? And what, from? From 0. Point, if we go from 0.1% to 4? Yeah. That's 3.9. Sorry, percent, yeah, 3.9 percentage point rise. Going with that? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And But in that time, um, the interest rates, so the base rate has risen from, I think it was 0.1 there to 0. to 5% now. Yeah. So that's four percentage points, something like that. Essentially, <laughs> my math yeah. could be wrong. Yeah. But um, mortgage rates have gone up higher than more of the mortgage, more of the interest rate increase has been passed on to mortgage borrowers than savers. So what we're saying is to sort of um, concisely say what you have mumbled on about. Yeah. That the banks, Bank of England's put up interest rates, yeah. and the mortgage lenders have increased what they charge borrowers by quite yeah. a bit. And they haven't necessarily increased what they're paying savers by as much. That's correct. Okay, so if you are a saver, in theory, you're losing out. If you're a borrower, you're where you should be. Yes, that's one way of looking at it. Or if you're a saver, you could say, well, in December 2021, it was a struggle to get anywhere above a percent on my savings, but now I can get 4%. And you may look at the stock markets and think, well, um, things have been a bit volatile. So do I want to invest and risk losing 4 or 5% of my money? Or do I want to go for a savings account where I've got a guaranteed fixed return of 4 or 5%? What do you think? I think it's an interesting one now for a saver because you do have that quandary where, and I know we've spoken about this before, how it's important to have time in the stock market and to, and to, and to invest for the long term. 
a lot of people will have been investing in recent years and we've had big shocks like the pandemic and Brexit and um, the energy crisis and all these things have, haven't helped stock market performance. And um, so that may put people off investing, whereas now you're looking at a savings account and your money won't make a loss. You've got a guaranteed percentage and as, you're, as it's going, getting higher and higher, I think that certainty could be more attractive to people. Interesting. But there's another caveat to that, which we should probably come to called inflation. Because if you're getting um, 5% on your savings, but inflation is 8.7%, in real terms, you're actually making a loss. Yeah, I think as human beings, which we are, mm. we are not necessarily trained and hardwired to understand percentages and inflation and savings rates. If you think about humanity, which has been going for however many thousands of years, depending on who you listen to, it's only really in the last, let's say, 100 years or so, where finance and financial literacy has become more common. Things like savings rates and bank rates and mortgages. So it's not natural to think about all this. And most of us human beings do not act rationally. So our mind tells us that if we can put our money in the bank and get 4% per year, that that's a good thing to do. Because what we think is, well, a bank, that's safe. That's a good place to put money. And 4%, that's a good return. But as you quite rightly pointed out a minute ago, if inflation is 8.3%, if that is the inflation figure today, 8.7. Yeah. Okay. If you are putting your money in the bank, let's say for a year and getting 4%, you're guaranteeing a minus 4.7 return in real money, in real terms. And the, the mind wants to think, no, I'm not, I'm getting 4%. But it doesn't quite work like that because your £100 that you've put in the bank today, today can buy you £100 worth of goods. In a year's time, your £100, I should have practiced this maths before actually because I'm going to get these numbers wrong. But in a year's time, your £100 has grown to 104 because it's received 4% of interest. But the cost of what you wanted to buy today for £100 is actually £108.70 next year. So what you can do with your money is decreasing by guaranteeing that loss against inflation, by guaranteeing that return. Then the So what you have to think about is, well, what is a better alternative? Because it's all very well to say, well, putting it in the bank guarantees me a, a loss, but where can I get higher returns than 8% or 8.7%? And the short-term answer is we don't know. Nobody knows what the economy is going to do in the next week, month, decade. Nobody knows what funds are going to perform best in the next week, month or decade. What we do know is that history shows us that over the long term, the best way to outperform inflation, to outpace inflation, is to invest in a well-diversified global equity portfolio, global share portfolio. So to to invest in the great companies of the world, whatever they may may be at this particular point in time. But we don't know in the next six months whether that's going to go up or down. But we do know if you do that and stay invested for the long term, you will outperform inflation. We can't guarantee that. But what we can guarantee is if you put the money in the bank, you're you're guaranteeing a loss. But wouldn't some people say, well, I'm putting money in the bank because I'm not thinking long term. I'm just thinking I want to have some money in the bank in case I need to access it 
or I may need to access it. And I'm worried that if I invest, it's locked up on the basis that I need it to grow over the long term. Yeah, that's a great uh, example. You shouldn't invest if you need your money in the short term. So if if you've got that £100 and you know that in 12 months' time, you need £100 to clear a debt, as an example, then putting it in the bank is is correct is the right thing to do because if you invest it it could be that in a year's time the 100 pounds is worth 90 pounds or whatever the number is there's just as much chance that it'll be worth 110 pounds but if you have to use that money to clear the debt in a year's time you can't afford to risk that okay but then is it that you should be saving or investing or you should be saving and investing depends on your circumstances so you should always have a safety net of cash for short-term emergencies but you should hold as little as possible in cash, in bank accounts. Maybe three months worth of expenditure, maybe six months, but as little as possible in cash. Because we know over the long term that cash will definitely underperform inflation. So the value of what you're holding in the bank, what you can do with that is going down day by day. But how, because the thing I, I mostly agree with you, but the thing I sort of think in what we've seen in the last few years is we've had a lot of unexpected stuff like the energy crisis and then at the end of last year mortgage rates going up and now and going up again at this fast rate um and if you're on sort of a tracker deal or a variable rate you would have seen that hit you instantly on top of energy bills and other bills rising and if you're only putting aside three months of cash where do you suddenly get that extra money from if if your if these pressures are if these unexpected pressures are suddenly hitting you it's going to be specific to the individuals, isn't it? Because everyone's circumstances are different. So you hopefully are listening to what we're discussing and implementing these things. Remember, we're not giving advice here, we're, we're discussing it, but you're hopefully doing that in the bigger picture of your whole financial plan. So if your mortgage payments have gone up by £200 a month, well, we don't know who we're talking about. This person might have... £200 a month that they're putting into their kids' investments. So they might say, you know what, I'll, I need to use that. It might be they've got £200 a month they're spending on hair gel. They say, I can use that. It might be they're building up their bank account by £200 a month. So it's very specific for the individuals. If someone has no money, then obviously they can't invest. Yeah. And unless the, the, the individual asks us the question, we can't give a, a complete answer. Is there a stage where a savings account could be as good as investing? Like if interest rates went sky high, you could get double figures. A hundred years of um, statistics tell us no, that savings are not a good place for your money. And it's, it's usually that the interest rates will be high when inflation is high. Therefore, though you think you're getting a better return, you're not necessarily. So the only thing that springs to mind as to when savings accounts might be good are for that safety net that emergency money for um when you know you've got a specific outgoing like to clear the debt in a year or to pay for the lad's holiday or whatever it may be and also if you if you can get inflation linked savings mm-hmm. so you used to be able to get that from nsni from the government backed uh, savings they scrapped that because it was too uh, too good so I don't think you can get inflation-linked savings anywhere. So no is the short answer to the question. Okay. Um, and can I also I just let me uh, jump in there as well before before you talk. 
the other thing you mentioned there is you might not want to invest because things are volatile at the moment. And that's another way that humans act irrationally because we think, oh, look, markets are going up. I think I'll have a bit of that. I think I'll invest because we see things are good. We want to invest. It's a bit like the craze with Bitcoin, which is quieted down now, but it was going up and up. Everyone's like, oh, I want to invest in that. Mm-hmm. But actually, when you're when you're investing in the great businesses of the world, the volatility is your friend. You should be investing when things aren't good, when things are temporarily down. Because again, history tells us that the markets, the global stock markets, have recovered from every single event that's ever occurred. Is volatility your friend if we enter a recession, mate, and people worry that they might lose their jobs or bills become more unaffordable? And then are they going to say, oh, I I should invest this money or are they going to say, oh, I'm probably better off leaving it in a cash savings account because I'm probably going to need it. Well, it goes back to the, you're talking about specific examples. If you need the money, don't invest it. If you need that money for something specific and you haven't got enough in your safety net, then of course you shouldn't invest it. And you're probably not the type of people that will seek financial advice if you are I don't mean it's disrespectful. If you're on the breadline, you're not the type of people that are going to pay for financial advice. You, you're living hand to mouth and you have to do what you can to survive. And investing is probably not for you. Is there, this, is, this isn't a, having a go at you specifically. Oh, yeah. So that's, that's when you say, yeah, I mean this without disrespect. This is something I often hear from advisors. It seems to be it's either invest or you're too poor. I don't think that's what you're saying. Correct. But I'm not. Is there a threshold where you should only be saving or and a one where oh you've got enough money you should start investing no there's not a threshold because you can have any combination of things so you could have someone who's earning i'll just pick a what's the national average is it around 25,000 28,000 salary let's yeah. let's let's it was a 25 a few years ago you could have someone earning 25,000 pounds who their lifestyle cost them 20,000 pounds a year so that 5,000 pounds surplus they can invest for their future. Mm-hmm. You could have someone earning a million pounds a year whose lifestyle is costing them 1.1 million pounds a year. They have no money to invest for their future. So I think it's too crude to say, is there a threshold? Everyone's circumstance is different and it's, it's a balance between what you've got coming in and what you've got going out. Ideally, everyone should be investing for, the, for themselves for the future. It's not feasible for some people because their life might be costing them too much. Um, what, what are clients telling you? I assume all, you haven't had anyone ringing you up saying, I want to move everything into cash. We haven't had any of those calls yet. And I'm hoping we don't get any because of the way we talk about things with clients and help them understand that that's not the solution. That's the biggest mistake anyone can make because, as you know, it's impossible to time when to get back in. Yeah. Um, what We haven't had anyone panicking either because markets aren't on the floor. There's not been a big crash yet. It will happen and it will happen again a few years after that and a few years after that and a few years after that. And the advice we'll be giving for the right people, not for people that can afford to do so, is buy more because over time it always uh, works out. I think that's the thing you don't, when, when people talk about recessions and economic downturns, you don't always see it with the major companies or listed companies because often it will be a smaller business or not necessarily someone who is list, a pub, not necessarily a stock market listed firm. That's having to make cuts and changes. So I guess if you are investing, that's another argument why investing is good. But then on the other hand, there's more about certainty premium with interest rates and savings products rising, which makes it interesting for someone, I guess. 
Yeah, and all the all the warning signs, all the things we read in the papers, the websites, um, the internet, which is where websites are hosted, by the way, um, podcasts. It's to, it's to try and panic you. There's a recession coming. Inflation's this high. Cost of living. You've just got to sell everything. It's all doom and gloom. And that's not reality. But you know what? We love all of that because when the markets overreact, which they always do, that's uh, you know there's a discount there to be had. I don't think most journalists are trying to panic people. Though. I think they're trying to reflect what's happening and give people guidance. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think we discussed this in the last um, episode with Nick. Um, and the, the, I think if you read and listen to the news, you will worry about things. If you read and listen to someone who's got your best interest at heart and is independent of any emotional decisions like a financial advisor, I don't think you'll panic at all. And of all any emotions, or just these ones? <laughs> any emotions, yeah. <laughs> robot. Yeah. But we have, we have to be people's robot. You know, we have to say... Let's take a step back. Yes, yeah. there's there's an emotional reaction to things, but what is the sensible thing to do? And we and that we do stop people from making big mistakes. And sometimes it's just that one conversation we have in ten years that saves people thousands or millions of pounds of mistakes. So have you have you ever passed stopped someone opting for a safe keeping their money in cash over investing? Have I passed stopped? In the past, oh. have you, in the past, previously, have I stopped people putting money in the bank? Yeah, it's not really stopping people. It's if we have a conversation and educate people and explain why long term you shouldn't do it, there nine times out of ten people will say, "Yeah, that makes sense. I'll invest." We never stop people holding money in the in the bank, and I can't stop someone doing it. You know, they can just make a transfer from their bank account. I can advise and and plan. Um, and people will make their own decisions, and most of the time they'll listen to our advice because we have that that experience. Has anyone ever said thank you? Yeah, I think everyone does, apart from you. Most most of the families we look after and our clients are grateful. And we say thank you, thank you for anything you've ever done and anything you ever will do. Yeah. Just to cover up. You've covered it there forever. You don't ever have to say yeah. it again. Yeah, people no. do um, thank us. I mean, have a look on our website yeah, yeah google reviews and vouch yeah. for and you know you just re- and you receive nice calls from people and on the whole people like what we do so beyond um an emergency savings fund an emergency fund yeah what what other use would is there any other use a bank savings product would have well in addition to like we said before like if you've got a specific need to pay something like your debt or your lad's holiday yeah. i can't think of anything well, that, I guess that's not so if it's a short-term savings goal, like a holiday. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, right? but I thought you, because you asked the question again, I thought it was a different question. So you're just repeating yourself now, are you? No, I think that's like a different question. What can you, what, what, you what, what have you got some examples? Of other Why reasons you might want to hold a, a savings account? No, I think it's kind of your short-term goal. So it could be a holiday, you want to get a car, a new car. Yeah, it could be anything. You could be saving up to buy a, a phone, a t-shirt a pair of pants that's yeah. um pants in england is underwear just for our american listeners not trousers i'm referring to to underwear because your wife runs looking a bit you wait until <laughs> um but then that's so I, I just feel like we shouldn't leave it saying all that to uh, avoid savings accounts totally 
No, we're not saying that. We're saying there's everything's got a a purpose. Yeah. And um, and I think what we're saying is just because the Bank of England have put base rates up, don't rush to put your money in the bank. I think that's the message. That's nice. Is that all we got time for? Yeah, I think so. And who knows if rates go up next month or maybe revisit it. Yeah, we'll chat there. Please remember, anything discussed in this episode shouldn't be taken as financial advice. But if you do need support, feel free to contact us on Twitter. You can reach me at Mark Schoffman and Josh at Josh Gersler. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Please leave us a review on your podcasting app. That helps people find us and lets us know you're enjoying what you hear. So thank you for being in for a penny. Hold up. 